Everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about how to sell, but specifically how to sell by talking less and selling more, because I believe that we're all in the business of sales, whether we're selling memberships to our studio or monthly subscriptions to our workouts, maybe we're selling a training package or personalized education. But I think that the most effective salesperson is not that smooth, charismatic talker. It's the salesperson who listens and makes you feel heard and valued and understood. And not to mention the one who identifies solutions that are targeted specifically to your needs. So we're going to deep dive into the power of listening to catapult your sales and to create better connections with potential and current clients. So I would invite you before we even start today to think about a time when you had a bad salesperson and then think about a time when you had a good salesperson and what was the difference. So when I think of a bad salesperson, I always think of that person who overtalks me, who doesn't really listen to my concerns, or maybe even the one who tries to argue my thoughts and my feelings as if they know better. Maybe that person even condescends to you, like they know more about what's best for you than you do. So, but when you contrast that to the good salesperson, chances are that's the person who heard your concerns. They made you feel valued and understood. They made you feel like you were seen, like you were present. And they really wanted to help you solve the problem. Because after all, we're there because of a problem. I don't have a car or I need a new home or I want to come to the gym because I want to work on being healthier. So essentially, everything that we're selling boils down to us solving someone else's problem. So maybe you're selling education. Um, like our favorite, like our favorite professors or educators do. But the key difference in any sales situation comes down to active listening and how well or not so well our salesperson listens to us, how well they connect with us, how well they align with our, our problem and how well they offer us solutions. Because when sales don't go well, we end up feeling frustrated Sometimes there's even kind of a sense of contentiousness between the salesperson and the person they're trying to sell to. And the solutions that we're looking for, whether it's the new home or whether it's a course we're taking, never really come to fruition. Or I think worse yet, sometimes we're sold something that we don't really need because that salesperson didn't really connect with what's valuable to us. And it doesn't really contribute to solving the problem in the first place. You've probably been in a situation, I know I have, where you come home with something and you have buyer's remorse and you're like, I can't believe I bought this. Like, why did I buy this? It's kind of funny. We were in Arizona years ago and my husband and I went to one of those timeshare presentations and the one where they like pop the balloon when they make a sale, it was the most cheesy experience in the world, but we actually bought it. You had 48 hours to back out. 
we had buyer's remorse. We get home and we're like, what have we just done? That was one of those icky sales presentations where they didn't really listen to us because it turns out that we did end up buying a vacation um, kind of timeshare type of thing later. And we've had it for over 25 years. So that one actually worked for us because that salesperson listened to our needs. So when we actively listen to our potential customer, sales are seamless. And we get clients who align with what we are offering. And that's important because at the end of the day, as a trainer or a gym owner or an instructor or an educator, you don't want to just sell to anyone. You want to sell to the person who aligns with your mission so that you have a good client relationship. Okay. And we want them to feel satisfied. We want them to feel like we can actually solve their problems and we can be loyal for life. At the end of the day, I don't want to sell a high performance athlete because I don't train high performance athletes. So I don't need to practice my listening skills. And if I get somebody in and they say they're a high performance athlete, I'm going to stop the sales process right there. And I'm going to refer them to somebody who would be better. So let's dig deeper into why active listening matters and what kind of listening techniques we can all employ to provide solutions that align with our clients' needs and to where we can actually ultimately sell more because whether we realize it or not, sales are the backbone of what we do. You know, I taught university students for five years and I used to say that I was in this business of sales as an educator because I was selling education to my students. I was selling them on all the reasons why or why the courses that I was teaching would impact their lives for the better and why this information was valuable to their lives. I've also presented at global conferences and there I'm also selling something. I'm selling information and education. I'm providing them hopefully valuable information that they can use throughout their journey as fitness professionals. I'm engaging them. I'm motivating them. I'm hearing them and making sure that what I'm giving them aligns with what their needs are. I've also sold training packages, online content for people who want to take my programming, and I've even sold myself in interviews. And I bet that all of you could say the same thing. My guess is that you've been selling and you've sold to your entire life all throughout your career. And no matter how effective we are, I feel like all of us can brush up on our listening skills. So here's my step-by-step plan on how to be a better listener and to sell more. So number one, I believe we need to listen first and talk later. So how often do you sit down with a salesperson? They launch into their pitch before they've even said hello and they've gotten your name, let alone they haven't even asked you anything relevant about yourself. So when that salesperson goes straight into pitch mode, what they're doing is they're selling instead of solving your problems or your needs or your concern. They pressure you and they put you in this category, like this one size fits all sales pitch and solution that isn't personal and isn't targeted to you. It doesn't address your needs because they haven't even heard what your needs are. And as a potential customer, I feel like when that happens, we sense it. We know we're in this icky situation where this person really doesn't even know us, nor do they care to know us. We're just 
a number and they're using the same kind of pitch on everybody. Kind of like, you know, a bad line at a bar. Okay. Like a bad pickup line at a bar, but you end up feeling like, you know, you're a conquest instead of somebody that they actually authentically care about. And then it's like, you just kind of feel like they're just saying next and they're waiting for the next person. So, but in contrast, when a salesperson listens to you, you feel validated. You feel like they see you, they understand you. And I would go so far as to say that when you work with a good salesperson, they make you feel like you're in command of your life. And I know that that might sound silly, but if you've ever had an obnoxious salesperson or an obnoxious teacher or somebody trying to sell you a car or a home or whatever it would be, you know what it feels like when they condescend to you and they kind of negate you and they tell you what you need instead of you telling them what you need. But when they're actively listening to you, you don't have as many objections because you feel like you build trust and trust is the backbone of everything. So here's my kind of TikTok list of everything that you need to be successful as a good listener, okay, as a good salesperson. So number one, I think the first thing all of us need to do when we are in any situation that involves communication, whether it's selling or whatever it is, we need to be fully present. That's probably like the hardest thing that we do today. Being fully present, fully attentive, without distractions in the moment. That means that we have to turn off our mental agenda, that running tally in our mind of our to-do list, and we need to face the person if we're together with them in person. If we're on a call, Hopefully we set our papers aside. We, you know, we shut our screen down so that we don't have any distractions. There's no background activity or noise because I feel like when I'm on calls, I can tell if somebody is distracted. I can hear them clicking on their keyboard or I can hear their windows opening or their emails coming in. I want to know that they're fully present. So if you're face to face with that person, make sure you kind of cleared your desk. You don't have any distractions. Your door is closed. And if you're on a call, make sure everything's shut down. And number two, I would advise that we all listen like a curious kid. So, you know, kids are so curious. They always want to learn. They ask a bunch of questions and they're authentically invested in everything that comes out of our mouths. It's like they hang on our every word. If we could listen like kids, I feel like all of us would engage so many more people because as, as adults, we often listen just to be polite or we kind of pretend, listen. But true trust and authentic connection is built when we listen with curiosity and interest. So I want to go into some kind of five levels of listening. But before I do, I just want to reintroduce. So my name is Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. And I'm talking about how we can sell more by talking less, how we can be good, engaged listeners to really increase the sales process, but also improve our overall communication. So there's a few levels of listening. I mean, the lowest level is just we're blatantly ignoring somebody. And I don't think any of us would do that in a sales situation, but it's where we're just so distracted that it's, it's almost obnoxious. There's also like what they call pretend listening, where we're kind of pretend like we're listening, but we're looking over that person's head or through that person. Um, we're giving the impression that we're listening, but we're not fully present. 
There's also selective listening where we listen to hear what we want to hear so that we can hone in on whatever it is that we want to sell them on. There's attentive listening when we are listening, but internally we are maybe thinking about what we want to say next or how we're going to reply. And then the highest level is actually that empathic listening where we totally remove judgment. We totally remove our perspective and we walk authentically in their shoes and we listen to what they have to say before we even think about what we're going to say next. Empathic listening takes practice. It really does. It means that we reserve our judgment. We reserve everything until the person is finished talking. So here's my tips though. So, you know, you've gotten through your, you know, you're listening to them. You're practicing these five levels of the other thing that I would advise is make sure, and I know this sounds so primitive, but make sure you're making eye contact, not in like a creepy way where you're staring through them or staring them down because we've all had those experiences, but where it feels like you're listening with your eyes. I feel like I can tell when someone's listening with their eyes, when I can see in their eyes the empathy or the understanding. They're not just hearing me, they're actually fully engaged with me. And the next one is, I think, hold your tongue until it's time to talk. So we're not just listening with our eyes, we really need to hold our tongue. So that means that in those five levels of listening, we're not listening to think about what we're gonna say. We're not listening to provide rebuttal. We're listening to capture the message and to remember what they need. That means that we can't interrupt no matter how much we desperately might want to. We can't interject with the solution until they're completely finished because we have time to give them solutions later. And we want to just actually listen to their whole story so that we can get the underlying meaning and understand their values behind what they're telling us. And my suggestion is if you do have a temptation to want to interrupt or interject or you're afraid you're not going to listen, take notes and just tell them, you know, I'm going to write down some of the stuff that you're saying because I want to be able to repeat it back to you later and I want to make sure that I get it right. So just know that you can look at my notes if you want to. Again, this is just for me to make sure that I'm being a good listener. So my next tip is that I would encourage you to be patient. Here's the thing. Some people have a slower cadence. Some people have a faster cadence. Some people tell a short story long and some people tell a long story short. And sometimes we have a tendency to hurry people along and we don't realize it. So we use a lot of filler words like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. And we kind of give a lot of feedback, whether that's with our gestures or noises that we're making. But we have to be careful with the filler words because they can make people kind of anxious and they can rush people through a process or kind of give them the impression that we just want them to hurry it up. So let them speak in their own cadence, whether it's drawn out and long or whether it's short and quick. So my next suggestion is watch your body language. So this is a big one, right? We're talking to somebody, 
they're crossing their arms, they're doing this with their fingers, they're washing their hands, they're doing a lot of things that let us know that they're completely distracted. They're listening with their ears, but their body's giving us a different message. They're looking around the room, but we just want to remember that our body language should be congruent with the words that we're speaking the gestures that we're making, the message that we're trying to convey. Because we're not just, people aren't just listening to us and we're not just listening to them. They're watching us the whole time. They're watching our eyes. They're watching our hands. They're watching our language. They want to feel and sense where we are in the room. So we want to make sure there's congruency. So my suggestions on body language is be careful with the gestures. So again, the arms crossed is negative and uninviting. Make sure that you're not invading personal space. I remember when um, my mom was sick and I had one provider who I would go to and it felt like every time I would be talking, he would get closer to me. And so I'd back up and then he'd get closer and I'd back up more to where I would be literally almost against a wall. And I've never had someone be that aggressive before, but we have to be really careful that everybody has a different sense of what good body space is for them. If someone's backing up, they don't want us to come toward them. They want us to stay where we are because they're giving us a signal that their circle is bigger than maybe what we're used to, but they have a big circle and they want us to stay outside of that circle. So body language is powerful. Gestures matter. When you are making eye contact, be careful that we're not furrowing our brows or kind of making weird faces that show that we're judging. And also I think that when it comes to body language, I think smiles matter. Obviously, if they're telling a sad story, we're not going to be smiling, but smiles kind of build trust and authenticity. And they're also positive and they're friendly and they make our, our, you know, the person that we're trying to sell to smile back at us. And it just builds this kind of level of trust and connection. So the other thing that I want to say about body language is posture right? Posture exudes confidence. I mean, Amy Cuddy did that whole TED talk on power poses and posture because people are paying attention. If we're slumping, we could be tired. We could be sad. We could be bored. How you stand also impacts how people perceive you. So if it's a standing pitch, we want to be careful that we're not doing this or doing this. We just want to have an open, inviting posture. And I also think what goes along with body language is handshakes. Handshakes matter, right? I can't stand when somebody shakes my hand so hard that it feels like they're going to break it. But I also don't love when they kind of tickle my hand and they barely are giving me a, you know, a real handshake. So just be careful with posture, handshakes, distracting behavior, gestures, you name it. Because yes, words matter, but our body sends a signal all its own. People are just asking themselves the whole time when you're listening to them or you're talking to them, is this person trustworthy? Is this person credible? Is what they're saying you do? Does this person have my best interests at heart? Are they confident? And do I believe in the message that they're trying to sell me? So again, I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. And I'm talking about how to sell more by listening 
better. So now that you've listened and you've paid attention to your body language and you've done all those things to be the best, most authentic listener that you can be, it's time to paraphrase for understanding. And this is where you can actually pull out those notes if you want to, but you want to restate in your own words. You want to be able to clarify what you think you heard. Because remember that there's more opportunity for misunderstanding than understanding due to the fact that we have natural biases that we don't even recognize that we have. So a lot of times we're making assumptions or we're gauging agreement or we're thinking about what we're going to say next. And so we really want to make sure that we're able to paraphrase. And then after we paraphrase, we have to check in with them and say, you know, did I get that right? Because this is what I think I heard, or it sounds like what you're saying is this. Give them a chance to, to say, no, that's not exactly what I said. They go back through it and then you paraphrase again. Maybe it takes a few attempts, but you really want to make sure you're on the same page. And then if you do need more information, now's the time to ask questions, but hopefully you get really good at that motivational interviewing that I've talked about in previous podcasts so that you can ask those open-ended questions, not the closed questions. So the questions are like the non-intrusive questions. They invite people to tell you more about their story, what's their history with. So it sounds like something like, how was your weekend versus did you have a good weekend? Because did you have a good weekend is yes or no. How was your weekend is not yes or no. They have to tell you more. So this is where you can ask more open-ended questions to get more information if you feel like you still need more to be able to provide viable solutions. And, you know, be sure, though, that you're leading, again, with empathy. Be sure that you're able to walk in their shoes, because even if we can't relate to another person in their story, we really just want to set aside judgment and know that maybe we can't relate, but it's their story. It's their journey. It's not up to us to judge or, you know, put our perspective on it. It's just up to us to kind of listen and see if we can provide solutions. It's kind of striving for an open mind. So when you get to this point where you're like, okay, I've listened. I believe I understand what they need. And now I'm ready to provide them some solutions, aka I'm ready to hopefully be able to sell them what I offer because I feel like my mission aligns with theirs. So when you get to that point, I would encourage you to keep a few things in mind. I think brevity is key. I think that when we say less with more impact, we're more intentional. I also think that using more compelling words that kind of create a visual for them and convey a strong message is more important because we want to help them solve their problem and give them information in these short palatable pieces so that they feel like they can visualize themselves being successful, right? And then pause and allow them to interject, allow them to ask questions, allow them to get more information from you. So validating, paraphrasing, striving for understanding, it's going on the whole time. So also 
my last kind of tip when you are selling is listen to what's not being said. So kind of hear what's not being said. Monitor their body language when you're talking. Watch for signals. Do they look bored? If they're with their partner, do they keep exchanging glances? Are they confused? And if you are sensing that they're not fully present, Stop talking for a minute, take a pause, ask some open-ended questions and bring them back into the conversation. I feel like the bottom line is Zig Ziglar once said, you will get all you want out of life if you can help enough people, enough other people get what they want out of life. And I feel like that's our mission as health and wellness and fitness professionals. We want to help other people get what they want out of life. But in order to do that, we have to know what their needs are. And we have to really authentically know that what we offer, we can solve problems for them so that we can build a good working collaborative relationship. Because I think that business is personal and personal relationships are what build our business. So I'm Angie Miller. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of Strong Mind, Strong Body. I wish you all the best in your sales and I wish you all the best in your authentic listening skills. I'll see you next time. Yeah.